You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, you know, it's not really the new year yet, but as soon as we get past Christmas, I always kind of feel like it's the new year, right? Because this yeah. is this is kind of a, a nothing week. Uh, back in old style Catholicism, we would have called this limbo. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is a. I was going to say it's a dead week. So it's okay. a, a dead week. Well, people in limbo, they're dead. But uh, those who don't know, this was never real solid theology. But uh, since the Middle Ages, it was believed that people who were good people but had not been baptized could not go to heaven. Now, this covered a lot of people, like all the Old Testament patriarchs, like Moses, good guy, but not baptized, couldn't go to heaven, and babies who hadn't been there. So limbo was like a place with a lot of kind of cranky older Jewish men. Who, oh my God! Who had to live there with lots of babies, and <laughs> and their mothers weren't there because their mothers. And there were a lot of the tribes people from Africa living there. A lot of them, and very good ones, and they. Uh, I don't even want to go into. I'm going to get in trouble. Stop but, it, because uh, this is why people hate Catholics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for those who who care, we finally, I think, by the early 1990s. The church finally came out and said that was that was wrong. There is no limbo. Because uh, how progressive is that? Yeah, absolutely. The only thing it said does exist is the dance, the limbo, where you like go backwards <laughs> under the stick, and the chubby checker song, the limbo rock. Oh Great. my lord! <laughs> yeah. Now that I have just wasted some of our audience's time, when we get past this limbo. And come back, uh, really, almost right away, the new Congress will come together. And while the Senate will continue to be in Democratic hands, although it will kind of technically be evenly split, uh, but uh, Kristen from the cinema, will uh, she will caucus with the Democrats. But the, uh, the House of Representatives is going to be Republican. So what's going to happen? So they're narrowly going to be Republican. And so right. that is important and just in terms of how the, the work is done. What is going to happen? I think, John, we don't know the answer to that because, one, we don't know whether Kevin McCartney, McCarthy is going to pull off a win to become the Speaker of the House, a job he badly wants and has wanted all his adult life. Which is good that he he badly wants it, because we would anticipate he will do it badly. Well, he, he will do it badly because he's not a star, but also he will give away anything for that job. And so some of the reporting is that he has promised um, to the, the votes that he needs, those individuals he needs to vote, have vote for him, he has promised them uh, all kinds of investigations and committee hearings. Hunter Biden is one. Oh, That's the good. One. Hunter Biden, yeah. So a lot of time will be wasted on that. Um, and I think as we said last week when we talked about this, what won't be done is what should be done, 
which would be hearings on immigration, immigration from there may be hearings on the humanitarian disaster at the border, but they won't be hearings um, with the end in mind that we would get immigration reform. And I think there will be hearings too on the disastrous pullout of from Afghanistan. Will what will not be part of those hearings is that that would have happened whether Trump was president or Biden was president. I think the United States was not ready for that pullout and never was going to be. So those two things will happen. One of the committee um, threats for committee hearings is an investigation of the January 6th committee. What are they gonna investigate, John? I don't know. You know, will they like look into uh, the television producer? who was part of the reporting, I, you know, that would blow the lids off things, or why Jim Jordan was not on the committee. I well, don't know. It could be that, or it could be the role that Lynch, Liz Cheney played, which could we're be. hearing and finding out that she really drove the committee and was the most powerful person on the committee, and at least the impression that the reporters have left on that is that Benny Thompson was okay. She was deferential to him, but he was okay with her being very powerful because she was able to get people to come in and sit down for depositions or for interviews because she's a Republican, because of her bona fides as a Republican. Her placement on that committee and, and her management of the committee actually elicited the kind of testimony information that one the committee was looking for and two the nation needed absolutely and i mean it was interesting there are a lot of good people and a lot of very smart people on the committee it i thought looking at it that liz cheney and jamie raskin were kind of the two intellectual powerhouses on it i don't want to belittle the other people they're all all very good but you know any committee any committee you and I have been on there's somebody in there that really is saying the interesting key things so may, maybe Jim Jordan will investigate that I guess I don't know because one of the things that emerge is emerging from the reporting on the committee is that staff members felt that the whole thing was a setup for Liz Cheney to run for president. I did tell you after the first committee hearing, didn't I like, wow, that felt like the, the first shot of her presidential run. But uh, as the thing went on, I'm not so sure that's true. I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me that she does run from president, if not in 24, at least in 28. But she's got to figure out a way to be relevant all in the meantime, if she doesn't run in 24. But I was, um, I was thinking as it went on, it had as much to do with her trying to save the Republican Party and that that was really what motivated her because she's a conservative through and through as her, as her dad is. And one thing that the committee hearing and you and I have, you know, spent our holiday weekend reading the report, of course. Um, one thing it has done is really 
diminish, not just diminish Trump, but diminish those people around Trump who allowed it to happen. So it wasn't just like Trump was like, couldn't accept the loss. And then he went to give a little speech and he went off script. And then the people that just happened to be there, good patriotic Americans like, oh, okay. So we'll march down to the Capitol. There was a lot of planning and it went on for months in different um, schemes. And there were a lot of Republicans, high-ranking Republicans, who knew or should have known what was happening, and they chose to, to remain silent. There's an indictment of the entire structure and how Trump had taken over the party. Do you agree with that? Well, I, I absolutely agree with it. And I, I think, actually, that's going to manifest itself in what we began with in uh Kevin McCarthy becoming speaker and the price he and the Congress have to pay for that. And what I mean specifically is if this means that Marjorie Taylor Greene, Biggs, uh, Jim Jordan, you know, the whole group, if they are really going to control the agenda, then in a way, the Republican Party is not going to get away from Trump, certainly not away from Trumpism. They will be the clown show for the next next two years, which, you know, frankly, that group is, you know, totally capable of being, of spending their time investigating Anthony Fauci, that, that kind of stuff, repeating Hunter Biden over and over uh, again. What the Republican Party in the Congress really needs to do is to show in this two next two years that it can be an effective governing party. And they show no signs of doing that. Of course, they haven't done that for quite a, a long time. Because otherwise, I don't care what candidate you put up. If you come into 2024 and there is nothing about what you've done in the, as the Republicans in governing, how do you make an argument to the American people? that they should return the control of government to you. Exactly, John. And also that if they're continuing to look backwards on why um, Trump was robbed of his second term, of whether Nancy Pelosi was responsible for not calling out law enforcement if they if that's what they're going to worry about and also Hunter Biden um they're looking backwards and not forward which tells me they have not learned the lesson of 2022 because i think the lesson of the election is that voters want to look forward not backward and so if you're going to be worried about whether Trump really won if you're going to be worried about um you know, whether the whole insurrection was really just a protest, if that's what you're going to do. You're going to be punished for it. And, you know, the party was punished in 2022. They eked down a win, but just barely. Well, and their problem is this nihilism. And it goes back a while. You know, I was going to joke before uh, to question whether this Congress was going to put their efforts into re, uh, repealing Obamacare just because they had loved doing that for so long. But we remember 
that all through that time, they were always going to have a plan to replace it. Remember, for a while, they even said repeal and replace. They stood for free trade. Donald Trump took them out of that. They stood for strong uh, military defense. They stood for reduce the size of government. They stood for tax cuts. You know, all the things uh, that Reagan stood for. But right now, it is so much not a part of the Republican Party that their platform, when Donald Trump ran for, well, they didn't have a platform when Donald Trump ran for president. They simply said, we believe whatever it is he believes. And that's where they're stuck. Honestly, and what's interesting, I was thinking about that when you're talking about the Obamacare thing, because do you know that right now, only 8% of the population in the United States does not have health insurance. 8%. Were you, when Obamacare was passed, it was like 20-something percent. So governing has its benefits, and not always in the short term. Because if you do something, there can be a reaction to it. Obama got killed in the midterms because of Obamacare. But he, Pelosi, the Democrats, they really believed that that was transformative and that that needed to happen, regardless of the political consequences. So if the, the Republicans, even with the small majority they have, would come in and say, we're going to do immigration reform because it must be done. You know, the, the lack of immigrants is... is um, exacerbating the problem with inflation. We have this a moral crisis at the border. I mean, I don't know if you saw that Greg Abbott yesterday sent three busloads, or Christmas Eve, three busloads of immigrants to the a Naval Observatory, which is where the vice president lives. And I'm sure he thought it was a really funny stunt, but it's freezing cold in DC. And these people were getting off the buses, you know, dressed for the South, not Washington, D.C. weather. So cruel, right? And the cruelty is the point. If they would switch on an issue like that, even if there'd be backlash, they would be lauded for that for generations to come. But I don't think we're going to see any of that kind, any of those profiles encouraged, John. I don't think so either. And I guess I do imagine uh, a world where somebody, Kevin McCarthy, God knows who it is, says, you know what, I'm only going to be speaker for a couple of years, but the fact is I'll go down in history as having been speaker. And you'll remember, I forget who it was, who said, you know, why do I have this power if I'm not going to use it? And just would make up their mind to pick the biggest cause. And I, I agree with you. I think it's immigration and say, I know I'm going to go down, but I'm going to go down doing that. And I, if history doesn't regard it or the, my party doesn't regard it, I can look at myself in the mirror and say, I used my position for something good. That's what we need. Right. We need a Cassie Cassidy Hutchinson because that's what she did. You know, they say, and she, I guess she testified, I looked in the mirror and said, can I look at this person for the rest of my life if I don't do the right thing? And that's a test we should all, all put ourselves through every single day. So there you go, John. There you go. Okay. I will come back to limbo and I will say a little Catholic prayer 
that we will have those kind of leaders. <laughs> well, anyway. I don't know if it'll work, but okay. <laughs> no, neither do I. Talk Bye. to you. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.